Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 6.30 Chad Inside Sports. Yeah, you've been hearing the sad news. Former NHL defenseman Brian Marchment passing away in Montreal at the age of 53. He was at the draft as a scout for the San Jose Sharks. Of course, part of his career here in Edmonton with the Oilers. Blue Jays today, Bo Bichette, a tie-breaking homer in the eighth as they beat the Athletics 2-1. Danny Machocha. Danny Machocha used to be in charge with the double E. He's going back to the sidelines. He's the GM of the Montreal Alouettes. He's going to be their coach for the rest of the year as they fired Kahari Jones and defensive coordinator Baron Miles. Noel Thorpe, who's been in Edmonton throughout his career as well, at times in his career, will uh, be the defensive coordinator and the defensive backs coach. We'll talk more about that with Dave Campbell later on tonight. Basketball this evening, the Edmonton Stingers playing at the Niagara River Lions. I love that name. And the River Lions are roaring tonight, up 66-51 with a minute 17 left in the third quarter. The uh, Stinkers, after a hot start, have cooled off a little bit. They're now 7-5 and five on the season. Niagara is 8-4. and four. NHL draft round one tomorrow. Rounds two through seven are Friday. Tomorrow in this time slot, you'll be hearing football. It's the Elks and the Stampeders, 5.30 for the countdown to kickoff, and the game will be at 7. The Oilers draft 29th overall in the first round. They do not have picks at the moment in rounds 2, 3, and 4. Ken Holland saying today that he thinks they're uh, going to hang on to that at 29. He doesn't see them moving up. And, uh, you know, maybe a team's going to try to move into the first round, but he says the most likely thing is that they pick at 29. 780-496-0063. If you want to get in touch, we have Sir Robert standing by. Sir Robert, thanks for holding, man. Go ahead. Hey, Reed, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. It's nice to hear from you. Well, I want to uh, touch on a couple things and let's start on, uh, on the uh, uh, schedule. I mean, I bet. I mean, I mean, when I read that today, that, that we only played Calgary three times and once at home, and the, sec, the, sec, the, the second game of the season, I thought to myself, "Man, did we get fleeced?" But, but, uh, but I mean, hey, you know what? I mean, uh, but, uh, but I mean, you know what? Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, getting Calgary three times is better than nothing because it's always good, and we and we know that we know, know that the uh, 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 the Battle of Alberta is. Uh, I mean, it's clearly back, which is good. So yeah, and I, wanna, yeah I just I, I, I know it's part of the schedule rotation. My point is, I think you should be able. They should designate rivals for teams where you always play them the maximum number of times. So maybe I'm old-fashioned. What else do you have, Robert? Um, I want to touch a touch a little bit on the uh, on the uh, potential candidates for goaltending, assuming that uh, Smith is likely not coming back. Uh, for me, out of, out of those those three guys that you listed, 
I have the I I have them ordered one through three in Kemper, Campbell, Huso. Okay. The reason I the, the the reason I rank Huso last is is because he's the he happens to be the goalie that I know the least about. Now, Kemper and Campbell obviously Kemper just won the cup, like he said, so we know he can play. That four point five million dollar cap hit, he'll want more. Can the Oilers afford that? Yeah. Campbell. Campbell, Campbell was what 1.65. I think he's going to want more. And I was reading today, whether or not it's true, don't don't know the source, but I was uh, reading that Campbell. There's, I think, there's two teams left, more or less, in the running for him, and that was us and New Jersey. So now, I guess, uh, I guess, uh, I guess, who we're able to get in goal. I guess, uh, to me, the biggest factor is going to be whether or not Evander Kane stays. Yeah. Well, you're right. So, will Smith's money come off the books? If Kane stays, what are you paying him? And then if you get these goaltenders, how much are they going to want? I mean, maybe Hughes, so you could get slightly for cheaper because he's a little younger and a little less proven. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would pencil it in as a $5 million cap hit for the goalie. I and mean, maybe it's going to fluctuate a million or two either way. But but you're right. And, I, and thanks, Robert. There's a yeah, lot of speculation about how the Oilers free up some cash. Um you know, could Cassian be moved? Could Fogel be moved? That's about $6 million combined. Could Barry be moved? That's another $4.5 million. So they're, they'd have to sacrifice somebody here to get Kane and to get a goaltender. And then you still got to take care of McLeod and Yamamoto. And who knows with Pugliarvi? I mean, Holland basically said today there's no deadline uh, for anything with Jesse Pugliarvi. That, 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 that somebody asked, is moving Jesse Pugliarvi draft dependent? And Holland said, no, it could it could go on all summer, though I do expect that he will be moved at some point. We talked a lot about that, uh, I think, last night or the day before here on the show. Get another call in here. Tony is standing by. Tony, go ahead, sir. Hey, boy. Hey, man. How you doing? Oh, Tony, nice to hear from you. How's life? It's uh, stressful right now. Uh-oh. Well, because, thanks for calling. Because I've been hearing a lot about, you know, this whole key situation, and he's a $5.5 million cap hit. And I'm wondering now because honestly, with Ke- I don't know if I trust Kemper as a goaltender right now for the Oilers because I just don't know if I trust him as much as I would trust maybe a Campbell at a cheaper cap it. But I'm wondering right now if if uh, Duncan Keith doesn't decide to retire, where do we come up with the money to because 5.5 million you could easily get a starting goaltender and a few other things going. So I just want to know, what are the chances that Keith does retire? And if not, where do we get the money from other than buying out Cassian? Well, I listed off some guys who could possibly be traded, and then you'd have to obviously be getting cheaper players back. Uh, And then the other thing, Tony, is do you have an extra $2.2 million if Mike Smith doesn't play, if he's on long-term injured reserve? I doubt he would retire. He'd probably go on LTR. But that's, I mean, that's the Oilers' crunch here. Right. I mean, they, they have uh, just over seven million dollars in space now. And that's with the, the three young RFAs I listed. Oh, and by the way, Brett Kulak is an unrestricted free agent who I would think there's interest in bringing him back. Um, you know, Chris Russell's a UFA. I, he's probably not going to be back. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, they're going to have to do something fairly creative here. And a goaltender. I mean, I guess here's the thing. If you. If you're not trading anybody, you can't have both a goaltender and Kane. 
Like best case scenario, that's probably 11 million combined. It could be closer to 13 or 14. So the Oilers don't have that right now. So you're going to have to probably move somebody out and, and try to get either picks or prospects or younger productive players back in return. Would you trust getting Giroux, though, from what I've been hearing, is that we're interested in Giroux? Do yes, you I think would. That he can perf- do you think that he can perform the way Kane did for us? No, but I think he, no, I don't think he'd be as good as Kane, but I think he'd be pretty good on one of those top two lines. I mean, he's still getting, uh, he's, I mean, he's still a 60-point player. What did he wind up la- with last year? Was it 65? Where is it now? I wrote it down the other day. I mean, he's still pretty good. He's like, he's 34. He's not 44. He had 65 points in 75 games last season. That's pretty good. I, I've just been hearing all these rumors, and it's just making me nervous because, as I said, I'd rather get Campbell because he's going to be a cheaper cap hit than what Kemper is going to be. And in my opinion, Campbell showed a lot more promise in Toronto than Kemper did because he's a glass man. I'm sorry, but he gets injured a lot. And yeah. we can't, and we can't, and no offense to Skinner, but he's a rookie goaltender, and we can't, and we can't guarantee that he's going to be adjoining Bennington. Yeah, no, that's fair. Thanks, Tony. I appreciate the call. I don't think, again, Stuart Skinner will not be the, the number one goaltender. It, it will be somebody else. And it appears to me pretty unlikely that Mike Smith's going to be on the roster this season based on what Ken Holland said today and how Smith behaved uh, at the end of the season, what he what he said in his in his final media availability. 780-496-0063. I appreciate the phone calls. I know it's uh, Tony. Tony's nervous about some of the, the prospects. We didn't talk a lot about Claude Giroux the other day. I think he'd be an incredible ad. Again, can you fit him in? If you don't get Kane, is he as good as Kane? Well, I, I don't think he is. He's certainly not the physical force Kane is, but I, I think he could play any forward position. I think he'd look pretty good in the Oilers' top six and can still be pretty productive. I don't think he's over the hill by any means. Pretty smart player. I mean, I think he's got a bit of grit to him. He's not as intimidating as Kane is in my mind, but uh, I would have no problem with Claude Giroux being a member of the Edmonton Oilers, and he'd be certainly cheaper than Evander Kane. How long would you sign him if you wanted, you know, if you wanted two or three years, would you go for that? I don't know. That could hold things up. I was looking back uh, today as well on 10 years ago at the uh, 2012 draft for the Edmonton Oilers. You may remember this one. This was the third consecutive year the Oilers drafted first overall. And you know who they took? They took Nail Yakupov, who uh, had brief periods of brilliance with the Edmonton Oilers, but uh, in the end, turned out uh, to be just a guy that wasn't able to fit into the team. I mean, he had 17 goals in 48 games as a rookie, 11 the next year, 14 the next year, and then just eight in 60 games in uh, 15, 16. He got traded to St. Louis, played a bit for them, also played for Colorado. He's now been in the KHL the last five seasons. So that was who the Oilers took first overall. In the second round, they uh, they took a pick that was, um, well, it was certainly questioned at the time. I remember they made this pick, and I heard somebody say they probably could have got this player in the fourth round. Why did they take him 32nd overall? Though he was a very productive and very popular player right here in Edmonton with the Oil Kings. They took Mitch Moraz, 32nd overall. He wound up not playing a game in the NHL. I texted a couple uh, people from that Oil Kings era, and I said, do you know what Mitch Moraz is up to? And uh, nobody knew. 
He uh, last played in the ECHL for the Idaho Steelheads in 1920. The uh, the next player the Oilers took, they had a third rounder, 63rd overall, is still active in the National Hockey League. He's no longer a member of the Edmonton Oilers. Jujar Karam was drafted that year, who had uh, spurts of pretty solid play with the Edmonton Oilers, eventually wound up with the Chicago Blackhawks. So uh, he's uh, at 285 games. They took Daniil Zarkov, 91st overall out of the Belleville Bulls. Never played a game in the National Hockey League. Um, he is uh, he is still going, but uh, he is, uh, or pardon me, actually, no, he's not, he's not active anymore. He played, uh, he played three years in the KHL. No other stats listed for him. Then they took Eric Gustafson, who uh, never played a game. For the Oilers, but uh, Chicago, Montreal, Calgary, decent offensive defenseman. They took him. Joey Lalegia was the Oilers' fifth-round pick, 123rd overall uh, out of Burnaby, B.C. He played six seasons in the American Hockey League after finishing at the University of Denver. Uh, He is now playing in Sweden. Just had a pretty decent year in Sweden, 38 points in 52 games, but never played in the NHL. And uh, their final pick that year, sixth round, 153rd overall, the Oilers took John McCarron, who has been bouncing back and forth between the ECHL and the AHL since 2015. Played for Cornell University, finished in 2015. The last two years, he's played with the Florida Everblades in the ECHL, and he's been a, over a point-a-game player there, but uh, 6'3", 220, was never able to make it in the NHL. So uh, overall, uh, would you give that draft a passing grade? I'm not sure you would. Uh, Yakupov first overall, Moraz didn't play. Kara, kind of a fourth-liner with Edmonton, no longer on the team. Zarkov never played. Gustafson never played for the Oilers, though he is over 300 NHL games. And then Lalegia and McCarron never played games uh, in the NHL, let alone with the Oilers. So that's 10 years ago. Some of the players we would have been talking about and seeing if they were one day going to be productive members of the team. I guess Yakupov had little little pockets of production, but uh, ultimately couldn't figure it out to stick around in the NHL. Okay, Bob Stoffer's coming up after the 7 o'clock news. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We've got an Elk Stamps preview a little bit later on. We'll get to some more comments from Ken Holland as well. This is Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 6.51 Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, sign up for our podcast. We'll get you a canned ham. It's delicious. Uh, What do we got coming up here? Yeah, we got the uh, football game tomorrow. Draft tomorrow, round one, rounds two through seven on Friday. I'm looking forward to this uh, weekend. It is the good old uh, art walk on White Ave. And uh, my father, who I'm very proud of, will once again will be uh, displaying his art Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Hopefully, weather permitting, I think the, the weekend looks okay. We'll see about uh, Friday. My, if, if you like art, 
and uh, you like landscapes and like uh, buildings and stuff like that. Well, not like, you know, farmhouses, barns and stuff like that. Then my dad's going to be in front of the Scotiabank on White Ave for uh, Art Walk. And he likes the uh, Oilers and the Elks. So you can talk with him the same stuff you talk to me about. How convenient. <laughs> really proud of my dad. He's uh, an excellent artist. And uh, I'm very proud to see his stuff's going to be on display for sure. Okay, uh, 780-496-0063 if you want to get in touch. Uh, Ken Holland, the General Manager, President of Hockey Operations for the Edmonton Oilers, spoke today in Montreal. There were some GM meetings. Then he came out and uh, addressed the media. And uh, he was asked about having, converse, about having conversations with Evander Kane's camp. I've had lots of talks. I've had lots of talks. I was with Dan uh, Milstein uh, yesterday. I was with him the day before. I've talked, so I've had lots of talks to Dan Milstein. Um, you know, I think that it's like I said before, uh, you know, obviously we're tight on the cap. Many, many teams are tight on the cap. Um, so... I think sometimes you're going to have to, we're all have to, going to get to a certain place, maybe the 13th of July, and figure out what's going on. Yeah, is there an indication? They indicated to you that they would prefer or that they're going to go to market just to see what's out there, though. I don't know. I mean, I, I plan to talk again, but I mean, we're a week away. At this stage of the game, anything's a possibility. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, not here telling you we're, I'm close to any kind of a deal. So, you know, now you can wake up tomorrow and things change. But, uh, you know, there's a, is there a possibility that he's on the market July 13th? Absolutely. All right. So he's been talking to Dan Milstein. We know they have a good relationship. And we've, we've discussed the possibilities with Kane. I mean, could he wind up becoming... Uh, 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 not sorry, we know he could wind up becoming a free agent. Could he wind up going back to the San Jose Sharks with the Oilers and possibly trade for his rights, get him a little bit cheaper if San Jose retains? We don't know that yet, but it's it's good that they're talking. Um, I, I know people were kind of aghast the other day because Kane took Edmonton Oilers out of his bio on social media. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. But he was at the Brick tournament last week, met uh, met Team Brick. This was for the 2011 kids. The 2012 kids are now playing this week. So I I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that Kane is back. There's going to have to be some adjusting and perhaps some creativity on uh, behalf of the Oilers. But I I, I just I I don't think it's uh, totally crazy that that he's going to be back with the team uh holland was also asked about that uh, 29th overall pick what's he going to do with it i'm expecting that we're going to use it as of we speak now um you know, we'll see what tomorrow but i'm expecting that we're going to make a pick are you expecting to make a pick at 29 right now i am um i mean we're not going to trade up if the phone rings and somebody wants to I don't think anybody wants to look to trade up to 29 today, but, you know, you get somebody's falling, the phone rings, we'll kind of explore it at the time. Right now, I'm expecting that we're going to make a pick at 29. All right, so uh, he expects they're going to make a pick at 29. Ken Holland has kind of said similar things the last couple of years, and um, I guess they moved down last year a little bit, but... Um, 
yeah, I mean, I kind of take him at face value. I know that we talked about, do you trade the 29 to somebody uh, who wants to move up and get a couple of their picks so you have a second and or a third rounder or a second and a fourth or whatever? I don't know about that. We know that this draft is perhaps not as deep as other drafts. There may not be much of a discrepancy in value between the 29th pick and the 40th pick or whatever. So I expect that the Oilers will make a pick though who knows what's going to happen like he said there if a player falls and some other team is like oh my god we got to snap that guy up maybe that's how you make a deal other possibilities you know again pulley rv and holland said there's no rush do you trade him do you get a second rounder i know the preference is to get an actual player back but maybe they're not going to be able to swing that and if you wind up trading somebody like Barry or Fogel, could there be some sort of a package that gets you more draft picks? Again, as we know from recent years now, trades at the draft are often more exciting than trades on deadline day. So just some things to keep in mind. Okay, we're going towards the 7 o'clock news and weather. Uh, we got a couple of cool guys coming up in the next hour of the show. Bob Stoffer is going to check in. Dave Campbell as well to preview the Elks and the Stampeders. How is Trey Ford looking as he gets ready for his second straight start? Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.